This is an AMI podcast. I'm Chuita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. People with disabilities in India, as in Canada, have a long way to go to full inclusion in society. This is more so the case for disabled women in India who face unique challenges. Many families are unwilling to accept women with disabilities. Still fewer see the value in educating their disabled daughters. But women in India are changing the conversation. They are asking tough questions about what it takes to make women economically independent, ensure they live with dignity, and contribute fully to society. As the world becomes an ever-shrinking global village, we are all interconnected as a disability community with shared challenges, opportunities, and experiences. Today, we discuss disability inclusion and women's empowerment. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Juita Gupta. Today, we're celebrating International Women's Day. And I want to really begin a conversation with all of you about a transnational and feminist disability movement. And so the story really begins with my personal journey. I was born congenitally blind. I grew up in a middle-class home with loving parents in New Delhi, India. One incident from my childhood stands out. I was writing an entrance exam for a prestigious private school in Delhi. I must have been about four at the time. The room where the exam was taking place was especially dingy. And I was hunched over, squinting through my thick glasses, trying to read the test. They asked me to identify small differences in two similar pictures. And no matter how much I squinted, the pictures remained blurry. I didn't get into the school, and I walked away feeling that something wasn't quite right. Over the year that followed that incident, my mother went from school to school pleading with administration to take a chance on her blind daughter. Time and time again, she was rebuffed by people who felt that a mainstream school was no place for a blind girl. At last, a school agreed to accept me, and I will forever be grateful for them because they gave me the opportunity to have a shot at an education. But really, the hero of my story is my mother, a woman who went up against tremendous odds to fight for her daughter, to find a place for her, and to ensure that she, that is to say I, would have a future. And my guest today would likely see eye to eye with my mother. Preeti Monga discovered she was visually impaired at the age of six. She has worked tirelessly in the area of disability inclusion and women's empowerment. Preeti has been appointed as the Secretary of the Central Executive Council of the All India Confederation of the Blind and has been on the boards of several major organizations concerning the visually impaired in India. Her foundation, Silver Linings, won a national award from the President of India in 2013 for empowerment of people with disabilities. She joins us by phone from her home in New Delhi, India. Preeti, welcome to The Pulse. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's really an honor and a delight to be on your wonderful show. And my finger is really on the pulse. <laughs> Thank you very much for being with <laughs> us today, Preeti. 
let's start off by talking about silver linings. What is it? Silver Linings actually is an organization that was um, registered in 2006. And uh, I have been doing what Silver Linings is doing today uh, since 1987. Mm -hmm. So all, all of 32 years of this work. So basically trying to portray that disability need not mean inability. It is Basically, uh, once we are all provided our birthright of a proper education, nobody actually would remain behind their potential. So we need to give everybody a chance, especially disabled girls and women, to actually perform perfectly and side-by-side shoulder to shoulder, with the non-disabled, with everybody, and live with dignity to become productive citizens and stop this um, negative, uh, you know, taking that negative role mm -hmm. of just waiting for things to happen. So here Silver Linings uh, is actually following what I learned from my struggles growing up as a blind girl in India in the 60s and 70s. So all my experiences that have brought me to where I am, along with my failures and struggles, is what Silver Lining is trying to do, give an opportunity to all the visually impaired, to people with disabilities, especially looking at women, to actually get a quality upbringing and become productive citizens. Mm -hmm. So, Preeti, I'd love to hear more about your personal journey, but first I want to get into the programs that are offered by Silver Linings. I understand there's a non-profit component and a for-profit component. So how do your different programs interact with each other? Yes. Uh, so first I would like to uh, tell you about my non-profit uh, non um, component. The non-profit component is into a project called Shiksha, this is, uh, of course, a, a Hindi word, and it means education. So we are providing quality education to blind girls. We have a hostel facility for them here. We are keeping them here with us so that we can give them entire all-round um, education and upbringing. We are preparing them and sending them to mainstream schools and then thereafter supporting them for their after-school education as well, after school, all the support that they require. And we will we continue with them till they become productive, earning members of the society. As long as they need us, we are going to be there with them mm -hmm. to put them on their feet. Mm -hmm. We have a center, similar center in Chandigarh that does not have a residential facility as yet. That is our not-for-profit um, component. And we are also, under our not-for-profit not component, we are also working towards inclusion of people with disabilities, specifically people with blindness, women with blindness, into the mainstream society as an employment, as an uh, acceptance, social acceptance, professional acceptance. We bring them together under a project called Fusion. Plus, we are also working, again, on the not for-profit 
component. We are working with blind women who are grown up today and we try to bridge the gap of all that they may not have been able to learn as they grew up so that they become comfortable in helping themselves get into and survive and thrive in the mainstream. So this is the not roughly the not-for-profit um, component. We are also promoting cornea donation uh, through partnering with hospitals so that we can uh, actually uh, help those who do not who do not get cornea so that at least they come away from blindness. On the other hand, we run Silver Linings Services. This is a placement as a executive search company through which we are providing manpower um, and executive search for the corporate sector. We are also offering, I'm a motivation speaker, I do corporate trainings. So basically, we are trying to build a sustainable model. Uh, it is not there yet, but it is just trying. And we would also, and in fact, we are still trying to figure out how blind women can participate in our uh, placement executive search company. So that is the model that we are running. And when you talked about mainstreaming, I wanted to find out from you, when you go to a school or a college or let's say an employer and you have a conversation with them about the value of including people with disabilities, what sort of reception mm -hmm. do you get? Have attitudes changed? Uh, well, not very much. But having said that, after they, the corporates interact with me, the only answer that I get from them and the only request that I get from them is if you bring candidates with your kind of um, capability, we will, be, we will be happy to take her or him on. So that is that is where the issue still holds because the disabled candidates and especially the visually impaired disabled candidates who are good, who are capable, are already employed. But there are very, very few uh, considering the number of uh, visually impaired people and people with disabilities in uh, in India. And the rest are just just not having the uh, capabilities or the uh, caliber that is required for them to be functioning in a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. And hence, there is a huge dilemma over there because the quality education is not as good as it should be. There is education, definitely, but the barriers are great. The Preeti, you've had a remarkable personal journey. And I think the turning point for you in your life is when you first discover that you're visually impaired and in grade eight, you are asked to leave your school. Tell us about what happened to you then. Yes. Yes. Um, I, was, I was discovered blind when I was six years old. And I continued in a mainstream school because at that time, my teachers and my parents worked together to keep me in a mainstream school. But in class eight, I was thrown out of school 
because of my blindness and I was told that I should be going to a special school uh, and that was a very, very devastating moment in my life. It was full of shame, sadness, fear, complete devastation. And I just did not know what, why I was being singled out and thrown out of school. The blind school that my parents took me to was in not a good state at all. So they did not put me there. And from there, my journey actually came to an end. It seemed it came to an end. I was at home. No other school wanted to take me. No other mainstream school wanted to take me. I was taken from school to school. But everybody refused to take a blind girl. And those were the days when there was there were no NGOs that we knew about. No not-for-profits. No, um, not many were fighting uh, on the way that today the awareness is there. There are lots of people who come in to the disability sector and are working towards inclusion. So I was put to learning music and there too, because it is a myth that blindness means you're good at music. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that was not so. I worked very, very hard, eight hours for eight years. I used to practice every day. I learned sitar. And then I was told that I could never become a performing artist. And that was my, uh, you know, that was a complete disaster. I did not know what to do, where to go. And I had failed practically at everything. And somehow the story of Helen Keller, she is my inspiration, actually gave me the strength, the courage to dare to dream again. By the time I was 20, and then I decided, let me get married and have a, have a home. And there too, I, I miserably failed. So, uh, well, I ultimately did get married, but landed in a horrible marriage. Put up with that for years. Had two children. And from there on, it was just downhill. I thought that that is the end of my journey, my story. And uh, I would now, you know, commit suicide because can't live in such a terrible life. Mm -hmm. But I failed at that as well. And then I decided that economic independence was the only way I would get off, get on my feet and live a dignified life. But I did not have uh, education which would get me a job. I was only class 10 pass. I decided to become an aerobic instructor where I was, I had to force my way in because there was no blind aerobic instructor known at that time. That was 1987. And I started to volunteer with school for blind children. I discovered that there was a lot I could contribute. And within three months, I was uh, I started my own classes. I became an aerobic instructor, the first and only blind aerobic instructor in India. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny as you're talking, <laughs> it's funny as you're talking, I remember that um, this must have been in the late 80s. I was still yes, living in Delhi. Did. Yeah, I was still living in Delhi at the time. And my parents would drop me off at the blind school in Delhi. And I think there was a uh-huh. lady who taught aerobics. It might have been you. 
it was me. It was in Arkipuram and you must have been going to National Association yes, for the Blind. Yes, exactly. And I remember yes, this so person teaching classes. Okay, I was I was volunteering there, Joyce. It's such a small world. Such I a small to, world. I was there. Oh, look at that. So, you know, you've had this remarkable wow. journey. You've had this remarkable journey um, that has made you capable of economic independence and standing on your own two feet. But what was life like for you uh, in terms of your alternatives? I mean, in Canada, we talk about having resources for women who might be dealing with domestic violence or abuse. Were there a lot of supports in place for you if you had just wanted to leave and you didn't feel like you had the means to do it? And there was no support, absolutely no support, because in India, first of all, marriage was the uh, was the only thing that you uh, you know is the uh, op- option for a woman. If she's blind, then marriage means she's got the earth, and if it's a bad marriage, you are not supposed to leave your husband, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you just mm-hmm. have to put up with it, and I had to put up with it. So I had to become economically independent to be able to get out of this bad marriage. And it took me 11 years to do so. And And after 11 years, I managed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, more recently, there was the story of a medical student in Delhi who was gang raped on a bus. And I know it made headlines internationally. It made me wonder Mm -hmm. if the situation when it comes to providing supports for women with disabilities who might be facing violence have improved in the aftermath of that incident. Is there more support for women today than there was when you were going through your situation? Uh, Yes, there is now at least people are talking about it. People are definitely talking about it. But when it comes to ground realities, uh, we are still far, far away from uh, something called improvement. But yes, now we are talking about it and uh, the world is changing. And I'm sure slowly and steadily uh, things will change. But I still feel that it is very, very important for us to work with our disabled women or women. We need to have the power to, you know, to save ourselves and work towards uh, complete uh, strength and power all around so that we can deal with this more strongly by ourselves. Because in India, it's not going to change in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to Preeti Manga, the founder of Silver Linings, a not-for-profit organization based in India. Preeti, returning to the work of Silver Linings, you've talked about all these tangible benefits related to employment and education for women in India. But what about the less tangible benefits, like giving women access to mentors and a peer group, people that they can, for lack of a better word, look up to for inspiration? Yes. Yes, I think that is very important. And and here is where my story comes in. I shared my story as much as possible. Uh, I also like to, sh- you know, bring together uh, women who have achieved a lot. It's not only me who has achieved, but I only have the power to share my own story. I am ha- a published author. There are two books that have been published. My latest book, Flight Without Sight, was published by Hay House India. And it's on Kindle, it's available. The Other Senses was published in 2012. So basically, these books and all the media um, that I have been covered on and I tell my story openly is to encourage and inspire other women, other disabled women, that there is a way so long you have that, uh, you know, you take that courage and just step by step walk along and shout out 
there is a way. So it's definitely that works. Definitely that works. But what about changing perceptions of the capabilities of people with disabilities in India? So whether it's with government, whether it's with prospective employers, are you telling a different story about the abilities of women with disabilities? Yes. Uh, see, the onus lies. It is. It is every human being's birthright that one gets, as I said, a great opportunity at living life right from day one. So it is definitely lies with the government. It lies with uh, the society. But I feel that it lies with me myself because I have to start and then people will step in. So this is the different story that I believe in. And this was my own story that even my my own family, my own parents, uh, especially my mother, did not want me to leave my husband no matter what. So I had to stand up and just walk away. But I had to gather courage. So I feel that it is very important to empower our girl child right from day one that she is has a right to live a quality life. And there is where she will develop that courage to come up and speak for herself, defend herself, and make those corrections in time before she gets into an abusive setup. Or just as she's entering an abusive setup, she should be able to uh, you know, pull herself together and say, I can do it on my own. And I think that's the only way. Preeti, your aerobics classes all those years ago made such a difference to me as a little girl. And so the question I want to finish up with is how can we, living in Canada, make a difference to your work and support your work? I think that, um, first of all, it is, you know, the resources. I'm a very ordinary person. Um, I need the support from everywhere to because we're doing a very, very tiny bit as I'm not very money rich, I need a lot of support where money is concerned. But even more than that, I need to tell my story more, reach out to more countries, maybe maybe reach out to people in Canada, learn how you over there are doing things. Maybe I need to visit, maybe you need to come over, which way. But I guess I need to learn and we need to come and work together. I think that is the most important thing for me. Preeti, thank you. Dhanyavad. It's been a pleasure speaking to you on the pulse today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely honored. That was Preeti Manga, the founder of Silver Linings, a not-for-profit organization based in New Delhi, India. Preeti is a published author. She wrote two books, The Other Senses, as well as Flight Without Sight, both of which are available on Kindle. She's also given an incredibly powerful TED Talk that we didn't get to talk about on today's interview. But if you have a chance, I would encourage you to go to YouTube and listen to her TED Talk in full. Preeti Manga is a truly inspirational person. And I don't say that lightly. She's someone that I can say that I knew in my life, albeit briefly, but she made an indelible impression on me as a young woman with a disability. If you missed any of our conversation, I hope you'll head on over to your favorite podcast platform and download our podcast. While you're there, don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe. I'm sure I'll have a lot of additional thoughts on my conversation with Preeti, and you can head on over to ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. I want to wrap up by piggybacking on the last sentiment with Preeti, which is the importance of working together. 
I know that on AMI, we talk about examining the issues of the day through the lens of disability. And I invite you to look at disability through the lens of gender and other variables like race and talk about what a truly inclusive and transnational movement for the rights of women and men with disabilities would look like. That is my hope that we can truly realize the vision of a global village and that people, regardless of ability, but also regardless of where they live in the world, aren't left behind. Thank you for being a part of this journey. I'd like to thank Preeti Monga for being my guest today. The Pulse is produced by Andrika Delanerol. Sam Robinson is our technical producer. Andy Frank is the manager of AMI-audio. We love your support on the program and would love to get your feedback as well. Write to feedback at ami.ca. Give us a call at 1-866-509-4545. That's 1-866-509-4545. Let us know if we have your permission to play the audio on the program. Finally, you can find us on Twitter at AMI-audio and use the hashtag PulseAMI to let us know how you feel about this and other programming on the channel. Thanks for being a part of the conversation and happy International Women's Day to all of you. This has been The Pulse on AMI-audio and I've been your host, Juita Gupta. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.